that's our new intro for the podcast if we ever get that sucker up and running. Welcome to the Joyful Miles Podcast, the podcast that is about enjoying life one mile at a time. I'm your host, Rob Hallahan, and joining us this week are our Joyful Miles partners. We have Laura, Jackie, and Megan all here. Uh, on this week's topic, we're going to be talking about the Chicago Marathon. Um, we were very fortunate to have a special guest who ran that marathon. His name is Chris Savio, who will be joining us in just a sec. Uh, but first, uh, what we like to do on the show is highlight you, our listeners, and talk about your achievements and your milestones, your joyful milestones. So please reach out to us and let us know how you're doing in your training with your goals. Use the hashtags joyfulmilestones uh, on any of our social media. We are on Twitter. We are on Instagram. We are on Facebook. We're on YouTube. Uh, simply go to joyfulmiles.com and you can link over to all of those different things and tell us your story because we want to be interactive with you. Uh, so without further ado, I'm going to defer to Jackie. Jackie, let us know uh, what we should give a shout-out this week to. All right, so we just want to give a shout-out to some of our followers that reached some joyful milestones this week. First, I want to say congratulations to Kelly Seymour, who ran the Chicago Marathon as well as you, Chris. So congratulations. And also congratulations to Kelly Jean, who ran her first half ever. She was really excited because her 5k portion of the race and her 10k portion she PR'd so it was a really good run for her. Congratulations. And also to Anne Romangola, one of our loyal followers. I hope I said your last name correct. I don't think correct. you did, but that's okay. Romangolo? Romangolo. Romagnolo. Romagnolo. I'm sorry. <laughs> she loves us. It'll be all right. Anyways, congratulations because you finished your first half marathon. Yay! And um, it followed her adventure and her journey on her blog as well. It's really exciting, and we're huge followers of hers, and she loves us too. So spreading the love a little bit. So follow Anne at Heart of a Single Mom. So Awesome. Guys, congratulations. Yes, congratulations. And I will be sure to put the link to Anne's blog right up on her race adventure in the comments below. And for Kelly, let me get this out of the way. I was actually supposed to run the Chicago Marathon with Kelly. I am injured. If you want all the depressing details, I did a big blog write-up on that this past Tuesday. The link will be below. But you know what? We're not going to talk about that. We're going to get right to Chris, who has her, and we cannot wait to hear all about it. Yeah, great. I'm excited to tell everyone about it. Awesome. Thank you again for being here. Of course. So, so Rob, you're going to start us off with uh, some questions that yeah, we have Yeah, so for I Chris. thought, Chris, since you're kind of new to the, the, the show here, why don't you give us a little bit of a background of your, your running expertise? This was not your first marathon, correct? Nope. Um, so I used to run a while ago, uh, a lot like in high school, and then uh, in college it was really just not to gain a lot of weight. Um, and then, uh, I stopped for a very a considerable amount of time, probably maybe like eight years or so. Um, and my wife started running a few things. She actually ran, uh, a princess half, uh, and then she somehow talked me into starting up again. Um, my first race was a twilight zone tower, the 10 miler. I think it was the inaugural 10 miler. Uh, and I've been hooked again ever since. So that was 20, 2012, I guess. And so... Uh, this marathon was my fourth. Uh, I've got a handful of halves in there, five Ks, ten Ks, um, and now I'm I've got the bug again, and I'm addicted. So. so, would you say that you were a Disney fan that 
used running as an excuse to, to run in the parks, or were you a runner that turned into a Disney fan? So so I would say that I was first a Disney fan, definitely, uh, and then got into the, the running uh, after the fact, and I guess it was... Uh, it was a combination of just, you know, trying to, to share some other stuff with my wife and other excuses to get, I guess, some more Disney trips in. And so you ran a few other marathons. What other marathons have you run? Um, so I actually... I'll say this as quietly as possible. Uh, I banded Boston a few, like that was in college. <laughs> um, and then uh, I did the, the Disney Marathon uh, twice, and so this was my fourth. Wow, okay. So you did Boston, you said? Yeah, as a bandit. So I don't really count it that much. What is like, it? I don't have a medal. I don't have anything to, to really show for registering. it. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Okay. That's what it. it, it now that I'm in the running community, community, I know how much it really is frowned upon. Uh, it was one of the races that they didn't, they kind of let bandits go uh, for the most part. Um, they've started cutting back on it now, though. After Wait, I'm sorry. You, what's a bandit? Um, so a bandit is really running a race without a bit. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I did not know that. So and I, don't, I don't even think you could do that now if you wanted to. I don't. Yeah, I think they're much more yeah. uh, strict about it uh, in Boston. It was one of like the few big ones left that they they had allowed it for a while. Um, but uh, no more. How did you finish? Uh, when I did Boston, yeah. uh, uh, I think it was like four forty something. Okay. So what yeah. what made you think Chicago? I got to run Chicago. Um, so I wanted to do one of kind of the bigger major, uh, ones and it had a, from everything I had heard, it was both a great race from crowd standpoint, course wise. Uh, and it's also most friendly to people that didn't have, uh, times to submit to get in. So from a lottery standpoint, uh, I know New York does a lottery as well, but from what I've heard, that's a little more difficult to get in. I think if I didn't get into Chicago, I probably would have either done Marine Corps lotto or the New York lotto. Um, but Chicago is definitely my first choice, and I also love getting out to Chicago. So, so to go back, it's to about fifty percent. It's about fifty percent of people that they say that actually get into the lottery. Is that? Would you think that would be right? Yeah, I think it's it's probably right in that area, give or take a little bit. Mm -hmm. So to kind of go back to Boston real quick, because it's extremely difficult to get into, you've either got to qualify with a ridiculously fast time, yeah. or you've got to try to raise a ridiculous amount of money with a charity. Yep. Did you actively seek out another marathon to run because you couldn't do Boston? Um, yeah, I mean, I think the only way, because I had, quote-unquote, run it even as a, as a bandit, I think the only way I told myself I would do Boston again is if I ever qualified for it. Um, so charity stuff is great, but I, it's, I, I guess, just kind of a, a pride thing or something. So it was something I want to look, look at outside of the city. Um, and also, any excuse to travel, if I have a race in there, then I can say, well, it's technically not a vacation, so then I can add extra vacations into the year. Now, you did the, you did the Walt Disney World Marathon, too, correct? Yep, yep, I've done that one uh, twice, once by itself and once in the Goofy. Nice. I remember because you were, you were in, uh, yes, he was in the Tim Tracker video wearing your Roger Rabbit costume. <laughs> that was exactly yep. what I was going to go with. That was exactly. pretty awesome. Exactly. Love the love the costumes for that. Those are, are I consider them casual marathons because <laughs> they're just a lot more fun. And, you know, I, I, I try not to, to compete as hard in them, I guess. Which one do you enjoy more, Chicago or Disney? Like, I, um, just, like what do you feel more you enjoy? Uh, I would say from a purely crowd standpoint, 
Um, Chicago was pretty awesome. Um, but, uh, but Disney's just Disney. I don't know. It's kind of hard to pick between the two. I mean, I would say the course in general, just because you're running throughout the whole city in Chicago, it is much more enjoyable than just a lot of highway stuff, which you have in Disney. Um, but there is the entertainment factor, and then there's, you know, there's different things to do in both. I guess they're kind of hard to compare. I'd say if you just want to go out and have fun, the Disney one's definitely something to do. Um, Chicago is a great course to kind of compete in, you know, if you're really trying to push for kind of a PR, I think. So let's talk about your training because you did, I mean, you've done a lot of Disney races, and mm-hmm. admittedly those aren't as intensive training-wise because, like you said, they're a much more laid-back atmosphere. Yep. How did you approach training for Chicago? Did you do anything different from your normal Disney routine? Do you follow a particular training plan? What what was your yeah. process leading up? Um, so kind of going back a little bit. So last year I had set kind of a goal for myself um, earlier in the year that I wanted to do a certain time for a half marathon. Uh, so I it was the BA half last year, um, and I followed a certain training plan. It was a 16-week training plan. It was kind of the first very diligent combination of speed training as well as endurance training that I had done before. Uh, and so it followed a similar timeline for the marathon. So I had kind of achieved my goal for the half marathon that I had last year at the BAA. I wanted to get sub two and I was able to do that. So I was like, okay, let's turn to kind of the next hurdle, which was, um, you know, a, a sub four, uh, marathon. So, uh, I did follow a plan. It was kind of a Nike plus plan, um, that was put out by the Chicago marathon. I had looked at a few other ones between like the Hal Higdon's or the, 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 uh, Bert Yasso's or other ones. Um, this one seemed most up the alley of what I wanted to do from a time commitment as well as uh, skill level. So this plan did basically how it was broken up. You had uh, two days a week that were kind of a combination of either interval or track work. Um, and then another day, which was either kind of tempo runs um, or hill work. So those were kind of meant to build up a little more speed um, and kind of muscle building. And then there was an endurance run, so the longer run on a weekend. And then you were supposed to throw in one or two other days a week, kind of a kind of a recovery run between like three or six miles. Um, so it worked a lot better with my schedule. So it was kind of an 18-week plan. A lot of uh, a lot of interval training and kind of aggressive speed work. So I think from a speed standpoint, um, I definitely got faster. Um, Endurance-wise, I think I probably could have thrown some longer runs in there maybe during the week, uh, and that may have helped me out in the longer run for the actual race. Uh, but it was it was a good plan. I think interval work definitely. If anyone's looking to kind of lose weight or get fit, interval work is definitely something to do. Um, I Throughout my training of it, I didn't want to lose any additional pounds or anything like that, but I accidentally lost a decent amount of weight. At least that's kind of what my, my wife's told me just from kind of interval training, which I guess that tends to do for you. Your your calorie intake needs to be up. So if you're doing training like that, I, I highly recommend upping your, your calorie intake. So what was your longest training run? Um, I got uh, 21 miles uh, four was it four, four weeks before the race? Uh, I got up to 21 miles. So there was a little bit. It was kind of, it would take, uh, I think when they started getting longer, it was like 14 miles, 16, step back to 14, 16, 18, step back to 14, 20 to 22, your choice. And then it dropped down like 16, 12, 10 before the race. And I think, you know, when people think of marathons, they say, I don't have the time to train for that. I have a job. I have a life. 
So you're saying that there is a training program out there for anybody, regardless of schedule, that can get you prepared for a marathon. I think so. Um, I think it, it, you know, it is going to be commitments. I mean, there were definitely runs that I was doing, you know, at 9.30, 10 o'clock at night and runs at 4.35 in the morning, um, you know, taking longer lunch breaks. You know, the, the weekday runs, once you start kind of getting into them, they're not, they, they get to be happy for me. It is those weekends ones that definitely can, you know, when you're getting up to two, three hour runs that it definitely, I'm sure, as you all well know, kind of oh, yeah. takes up those whole days, especially when yard work and other stuff needs to get done and then it never does. Yeah. Did you do anything different diet wise? Um, no, I, uh, I don't, uh, <laughs> I, I don't consider myself a healthy eater, but I'm also not kind of a, a fast food eater. I kind of just eat normal in general. I'm a, I'm a, a heavy meat eater. I'm not a vegetarian or anything like that. Um, but I also wouldn't go out and have like, you know, McDonald's or anything like that. It's just not my normal diet. So I didn't, didn't really change anything different. Um, hindsight, maybe I should have, as I mentioned, kind of started upping my calories a little bit because I think I was burning them off a lot faster with some of the training plans, but something to know for next time. Always something to learn. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) So next time I'll, I'll ask that question is what, what do you have planned for next time? What do you have another one that you're scheduled to do? Uh, not right now. Um, I'm kind of thinking about that more because I didn't get uh, the goal that I wanted in this race. I told myself if I didn't, I would run another one. So now I'm kind of looking to figure out when and where I'd want to do my other one. I would like to do Chicago again. I thought it was great. Um, I hear good things about the Marine Corps, uh, one down in D.C. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the Big Sur looks like a really cool race as well in the San Francisco Marathon. So there's a few other ones in other cities that, that I'm going to start looking at probably, you know, for a year from now or give or take, and, and we'll see. Um, and then there's Disney in January, but like I said, that's more kind of fun and enjoyable. <laughs> so focusing on... Are you, doing, sorry, are you doing this January? Yep, yep, doing the, the goofy again, yep. So just focusing on Chicago. So starting mm-hmm. with the... Let's start with the um, the expo and the packet yeah. pickup and everything. Was that any different from what you've experienced prior in either your regular races or run Disney races or anything stand out yeah. to you? Um, it was awesome. Uh, the from so so keep in mind there are I think this year there were forty three forty four thousand people registered wow. for Chicago. So I think it's wow. the second second largest in the U S. to New York. I think wow. third largest in the world. I'm not sure whether it's Berlin or London that's bigger. Um, but, uh, so being in Boston, I've definitely gone down to the expo here before. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have seen kind of one of these majors and how they run the one thing and Rob, you'll kind of notice the Heinz convention center where they hold the expo out there. It's, it's small yeah, it's for tiny. what they have there. Where is the Chicago um, one? So it's at, it's one of their expo centers just South of, um, soldier field. I don't remember the name of it anymore, but it, it is a huge complex. So where were I mean, you it staying is, relative to, where are you staying in Chicago? Uh, so we stayed in the River North area. So anyone that's not familiar with it, there's kind of a river that cuts right through kind of the downtown area of it, of, uh, of Chicago. Um, it's, a, it's where the magic, the magic Mile, Miracle Mile, Magic Mile, whatever the heck it's called, Michigan Ave kind of miracle runs through. Mile. The miracle, miracle Mile. Yeah, there Isn't we go. It's a magical mile. No, it's magic. Not one of them. <laughs> I think it's a magic mile. Um, where kind of all the shopping and everything is. Um, so it's kind of a very densely populated high rises and stuff. But it's a very touristy area in general too. So it's a combination. So that's 
kind of in a key area uh, from there. But there's uh, they were running shuttles from those areas down to where the the expo was. Um, and was that for like all the hotels? Did you see like was there any like pretty easy to get to the expo? Yeah, so they had uh, they had these shuttles running in from. So I think there were a few four different drop off points. There was kind of one uh, a little bit south, right on the river. There was one a little bit north where we where we were staying. Um, one slightly westish, and then one kind of on the south side area. Um, they had in advance. They did have some hotels that they were kind of race hotels. We ended up staying at one of those because it was a good deal compared to the other prices in the city. Because uh, with Columbus Day weekend, um, prices were actually fairly expensive so we got a good deal on this one so they had these you know yellow school buses running back and forth that was kind of the first time i had been on a yellow school bus in a very long time oh, really? those seats are those seats are very tiny um <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah so getting to the expo was super easy with that it was a they had a two-day expo we went on the first day uh, relatively early in the day um but uh yeah so i mean the expo itself the one thing i kind of noticed from an organization standpoint as soon as you walked in uh, you go over to these kind of location, tons of iPads set up. You show them there's kind of a QR code on your registration packet that they emailed you a few weeks before, and you can scan that on your phone or a piece of paper. They scan that in, and then they tell you a booth to go over to. So they had 18 kind of desks set up, and as you walk over, the person says, Chris, and they hand you the packet. So it's Not kind of all. literally just one to another. You don't have to do anything like I was walking from a distance and he like said my name so it was kind of pretty impressive that's pretty their whole runner communication I mean I couldn't go obviously but the communication the emails they have an app that yep. their runner communication is definitely a plus plus yeah no the app was fantastic too and mm -hmm. I'll touch on I can touch on that in a little bit when we talk more about the race but it was uh that was great and then what they do is as a smart kind of marketing person, I guess would tell you, then to go pick up your actual bag and shirt, you have to walk through the whole expo, which is, you know, probably 400 meters long of yeah. just, you know, all the booths and everything. So you're distracted and stopped along the way. <laughs> <laughs> Was there any, like, unique merchandise that you saw or any unique vendors that you haven't seen before? Um, yeah, so this one, so this race is sponsored by Nike. Um, so there was a huge kind of Nike section in the middle with all the kind of Nike swag and the race merchandise. I actually have my little shirt that I'm wearing. I don't know if you can kind of tell it from there, but um, oh, I'm, nice. a sucker. I'm a sucker for the race swag. So I got a warm up and I got a, a kind of just a, a dry fit shirt as well. Um, was it the personalized so, one I saw you posing with? <laughs> no, but that one was, it was pretty <laughs> awesome. I didn't, I didn't end up getting that one, but, uh, I thought that was a sign. <laughs> if that was me, I would have been uh, all over that. I would, I would have. I would have bought everything. I, I would have just taken it right off. Yeah, but what they had, I guess, they set up. You could, if you bought one of those shirts, then you could just go get it um, customized with whatever you wanted. The line to get it customized was an hour and a half long. So oh, holy I was going to pass on that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so they had kind of all the big uh, shoe brands had their own rather large setups there. So between Nike, Saucony. Uh, New Balance, um, I think uh, um, Hoka had one, uh, I think Newton had a, one set up. I mean, so there was a lot of the kind of the major shoe brands were all kind of set up with their own uh, locations. Um, there's a local-ish running store, I think they have other locations too, called Fleet Feet, uh, which is kind of the, the store that's big in Chicago. They have four or five locations. So they kind of had like the big setup there. So if you think about it, to run Disney races, um, that uh, what's the store down in? 
Oh, they have to fit run to run. Disney. Fit to run? Yeah, fit to, so you, you know Fit to Run usually has like four or five booths set up with you know discounted merchandise. That's what this fleet feed had. They had a, a number of booths set up where you can buy all their kind of different uh, different merchandise. Um, they also had, which was nice, the uh, local Goose Island Brewery had like they have this traveling bus that usually they just drive around the city and give out beer from. So they had that pulled in there, and you could go on the bus, and you got free beer. and got mm-hmm. So that was kind of nice, beer. too. Yeah, Rob's free attention. Rob, Rob's ears just peaked up. I might be going to Chicago next year. He's like, I'm signing up next year. <laughs> um, so that was nice. And then um, I think, you know, there was a lot of other kind of smaller local booths and stuff like that, you know, whether races. Um, there was uh, Laughing Cow Cheese now has these little – cheese like if you remember those handy snacks from a long time ago they're now having these like little individual handy snack things so it's kind of almost like an adult handy snack they were giving those out to everyone there uh yeah so i I guess those it was it was a great expo it was so much space so kind of getting back to the whole idea of how boston was set up where they're very small and everything it just feels like you're really packed in there this place was gigantic so you were completely spread out and with you know however many people were in there when uh, when we were in there, it, it didn't feel crowded at all. So, And all within one facility. So it's not like Run Disney where you have to go through the Jocelyn Center. you got to go through the field house. Nope, not at all. Here you kind of go through this main corridor area where you get your packet. Then you go into like the huge, you know, basically carrier hangar of some sort. And, you know, can, can hang out and get whatever you want. So. And they had some live entertainment and some speakers and stuff. Like Runner's World had a, a stage set up with some speakers and, and, and different things. So, uh, any Now, were you, were you... Go ahead. I was going to say, any speakers that you watched or saw or any speakers of note? Um, so they had Bert uh, Yasso, um, who's kind of the big Runner's World advocate. Um, you know, he's, I guess, one of their, their famous guys, has tons of running plans and stuff. Uh, he was speaking, but later in the day... Um, there was no one kind of speaking earlier that we were that interested in seeing, so we kind of just skipped past that. Okay. He lives right near my house. Really? Nice. Yeah, we actually he we, we actually run pa- I run past his house sometimes. Nice. But Runner's <laughs> World, I mean, but Runner's World in general. I mean, this is an aside. You can cut this, Lara. But <laughs> Runner's World in general is real know. close to my house. Okay. Yeah. Why don't you knock on Bart's door and be like, hey, you want to come on the show? Exactly. And That's what I'm thinking. Say hey. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or like he was team, Megan. Well, it's actually interesting. The day before the race, and I was pissed because we had like other plans of stuff we wanted to do, but they had shakeout runs with either uh, Bart Yasso or Meb was also doing oh, really? a shakeout run at this other kind of... Uh, he didn't. He wasn't at the expo, but he was you know, out doing his... his tour and promotion of his uh of the sneakers there nice. and uh and so he had a, a shakeout run on saturday morning too which was that would have cool. been amazing so what would you have to do to have done that um so there was kind of like a pre-registration thing that you had to fill out and i didn't find out until like a couple days before and obviously that was completely sold out <laughs> well, so, sure or signed up or or whatever it was so i guess they did like a, a three mile shakeout run um so maybe maybe next time with Meb. <laughs> So let's talk about race day. So yep. starting with, what time did you wake up? Uh, so got up at, I want to say probably like 5.50, 6 o'clock, something like that. The start time of the race was 7. So the first wave was at 7.30, and then the wave I was in was at 8. Um, so got up at whatever, like 5.45, 6 o'clock, somewhere in that area. Um, had gotten room service, kind of pre-ordered just to get kind of a bagel uh, brought to the room, bagel, peanut butter and stuff. 
so that got delivered promptly at six, and uh, had that got myself ready and was out the door probably at like six twenty-five. Um, and so where we were located, uh, our hotel, it's kind of a maybe a want to say a mile-ish walk to where the start line was. So the start line was down in if anyone's familiar with Chicago, kind of the Grant Park um, area. So everything kind of starts and finishes from there. So it was about a mile walk, and I was not alone in the walk. I would say there was, you know, hundreds of people just on Michigan Ave walking down uh, to to the start line at the same time. So it was kind of cool. Nice. So you were able to walk from your hotel? Yep, yep. Which hotel so, did you stay at? Uh, it's called the, the um, Warwick Allerton. Um, it's kind of just a, a local old hotel that's been renovated and stuff. Now, did you know How soon in advance did you have to uh, book this? Um, I, I booked this hotel probably in, I want to say August. Okay. Um, I had another hotel booked before that, and I kept looking for deals and stuff, and then this one was cheaper, um, and so I ended up just switching over my reservations to here. Right. I have a quick question. Um, yeah. Just curious, what do you carry on you when you run? Um, so just to see what guys carry compared to us ladies. <laughs> um, so for this, I had um, a few packages of shot blocks um, and some uh, salt tablets, and then I wear a flip belt with my phone and Bluetooth headphones, and that's it. Band aids? No band aids. Use Glide beforehand. Glide up. Chapstick, lip gloss. Nope, I, uh, I put <laughs> that on the floor. Your lips like so I, I, much eyeliner. smaller than ours. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you, you, you got to run light. I, that, I partly wish that I had some chapstick later on in the day, but I mean there was Vaseline at basically every mid stop or, or anything. So if you really needed anything, you would be okay. One more question: What was the weather like? Oh, perfect. Really it, good. Uh, was 55 at race start, got up to maybe 62 by the end of the race. It was, awesome. yeah, you sunny couldn't really complain. Um, it was pretty sunny, um, especially at the end of the race. There's not much cover, so it was 62. It felt significantly hotter than that, and that would be kind of my one complaint a little bit about how the course kind of ends. So, um, so you can stay tuned a little for that information. <laughs> Did you know in advance like what time you were going to start? Yeah, so they're pretty good, as, as Laura was saying, about kind of communication-wise. So they let you know what your um, uh, bib number is. I think they kind of sent that out in almost June or July. Um, they You can check what corral you're in. And actually, it was interesting. So if you don't have a qualifying proof of time under 3.55, um, then you just enter what you think your time is going to be, and they place you in the corral based on that. Uh, so I had actually put in my estimated time of four hours and they put me in kind of a later corral. It was a mistake on their part. and It was kind of simple. I just emailed back and said, you know, I requested a corral change, said the time that I thought I was going to finish and told them as, you know, I was basing it off my kind of previous half marathon time, which I, I put in there too, just in case they needed that. And within like three days, my corral was changed to, to that. So, so then they're pretty good and they say, so, so anyone that has kind of a qualifying time, uh, is in corrals A through E, and that started at 7.30. And then anyone that was just given what time they were going to finish was F through, I want to say, uh, F, G, H, I think it went to I or K, K maybe, uh, started the, that then started at 8. Um, and they slowly walked the people through. So I'd say the 7.30 start, those corrals were probably out of the blocks by 7.40, 7.42. All of those runners were off. 
Is now there how a strict are they is, as far as I'm checking to see if you're in their correct corral? You know, we all know Disney is, is pretty pretty rigid about that. Yeah, I mean, they were checking. They weren't, uh, you know, they had people at the, the, the kind of, you know, they had the, the gates set up and they had someone there kind of looking at the bibs. They didn't look too aggressive. I will say that the corrals, again, saying that there was 45, almost 45,000 people running or 40,000 plus, however many started, the corral was not crowded at all. Um, which was was kind of surprising. I mean, you know, those Disney ones, you're really packed in there like the sardine, and when they start moving the crowds forward, more people are still flooding in, whether or not they're jumping crowds or not. But um, this was not crowded at all. I mean, up until maybe uh, even after the first group went off at 7.30, up until maybe 7.45, you had to be in your crowd by 7.40. Um, but even up until 7.45, I could have, if I wanted to, probably like sat down on the floor and stretched out. That's how much room there was, and I was kind of in the middle of the, the corral. Hmm. Is there a minimum pace requirement for this race, do you know? Uh, yes, I think, I want to say 16 minutes, I think. 60-minute mile, um, based so off the last... you have the slower people, I know you're fast and you got done pretty quick, but, like, are there are there the slower people like we see, like myself, in Disney? Um, you're not that slow I anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, slow is relative. Uh, the, I, I think, I want to think the longest time that I saw in finish was in the high, I think the low sixes, so... Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I, I don't know anything about kind of where like kind of the, the, the points were where they would cut you off or anything to that though, unfortunately. But I did see in some of the, the finish time list there, that I, some of the ones at the end were in the six hour range. Is there any pre-race atmosphere? Is there like a, any sort of pre-race announcements, festivities, yeah. anything? Yeah. So, I mean, they have, um, music playing the whole time. There's a, a DJ kind of up there talking to everyone, making jokes, um, general announcements. Um, so you go in, they have kind of the, the, the corrals are set up, they're color-coded, so everything before E, so A to E are kind of red corrals, um, F and G were blue corrals, and then H, I, and uh, K, do I know my alphabets? Yeah. Uh, or J, K, whatever, <laughs> um, were gray. And so by your color, that's where you checked your bag, and then in that bag check area was also broken out into um, your bib number by a thousand. So you kind of walk through, you went if you had to drop your bag, kind of easy, not crowded at all. Again, I'm still, I'm very amazed how well organized and not crowded it felt for one of the biggest races in the country. Um, it's funny because you, you, I think, if I'm not mistaken, the Disney capacity for their marathon is only like 25,000 or something, isn't it? And the yeah. corrals at Disney go to, for the full, I think it goes to like letter P. Yeah. Yep. So it's crazy that, like you said, it didn't feel crowded in the actual corral you had to give me. Yeah, yeah, it was. And I remember looking at the finish, and I think 42,000 people finished. So my guess is that probably close to 44 had started um, or around there. So, yeah, it was kind of amazing. Like, you were able to go, and there, you know, I hung out and stretched a little bit. Um, like I said, there was good music playing. They had, you know, the marathon photo animals all over the place <laughs> you know trying to take your photo everywhere and uh the um uh, yeah it, and it was great i mean there was a little bit of traffic kind of then starting to go back and get into the crowd uh but in general it was it was fairly easy and so the elite group or not the elite group the 730 group had to be in by their crowds by 710 and the eight o'clock wave had to be in by 740 um and if you weren't in they were strict though about kind of closing it off and then you just had to go to the back of uh of that whole wave so laura still would have been there at 6 a.m 
<laughs> she still would have been awake at 3 a.m. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that, it it was nice. It was I say, nice. She wouldn't have been sleeping. Be flat. No. Yeah. <laughs> well, unfortunately, what I wish I did know is that where the hotel was located was right next to the Northwestern Hospital. Um, so oh, sirens? there were a lot of ambulances. For some reason, the night before, so I woke up, I think, at like 2.30 and just couldn't really fall back asleep. I maybe fell back asleep for like, you know, 20 minutes here or there. Um, but that would be why your hotel was cheaper. I guess, I guess so. I guess so. <laughs> Is so, there, um, I don't know if I'm jumping, but yeah. that your wife went, so she watched you, obviously, right? Yep. So was there, could she jump from different places to watch? Or am I, I'm sorry if I'm jumping ahead, but. No, that's fine. Or, um, you know what I mean? Like, looking at the course, if you had your family coming, are there multiple places you can see that your family run, or is it it's difficult? Yeah, so I would say this is probably, from most of the races I've ever seen, one of the most spectator-friendly races that you could find. So it's set up, if you were think about, um, so Chicago really only has three directions you can go because the Lake Michigan is to the east. So the race starts off and it goes north for about six miles, then it comes back into kind of the heart of the city, then it goes west for a couple miles, and then it comes back to the heart of the city. Then it goes south for about three miles and comes back to, that, to the city. So um, you could conceivably see someone on there out and back in one area. So, for example, my wife saw me at around three and a half and 11. Um, if she really wanted to, to, you know, kind of haul down uh, and see me around probably mile 25, she probably could have, which was near the finish. She isn't the most comfortable person navigating cities. So she's like, I know those areas, and then I'll meet you at the finish line. Um, but, for example, one of my other friends that lives in Chicago saw uh, me at mile 10, mile 14, and mile 16 without really breaking a sweat. So it's pretty easy. I mean, you could, in my opinion, see someone probably five times fairly easily oh, um, wow. if you if you want to get around. Yeah, so it is, it is very, very spectator-friendly. That That's sense. something that you just can't do in Boston. No, and a lot of these races are kind of straight shots, you know, from from start to finish, and um, you know, or even kind of loop around, but really big loops, um, you know, are, are are a little more difficult to to do. Maybe you can see someone twice if there's an out and back area, or if you can see them, you know, near the beginning of the race and somehow get to the end of the race. I think Buffalo's like that. If you ever want to come and run here, <laughs> what what time of year is that at? <laughs> uh, Memorial weekend, three day weekend. Memorial still sounds kind of cold up there. I don't know. It's what? always cold. No, it's nice. <laughs> it's cold. That's when everyone opens the pool. It's okay. Good. It's nice. You can come to Baltimore. <laughs> to Baltimore. Baltimore is actually next weekend and another race that I'm going to miss. But. Uh, is this hard to hear, Laura? Right? I'm sorry? Is this hard to hear a little bit? Or are you? And not, not, not against Chris, but like, are you kind of like? <laughs> it's okay. I'm, I, I'm drinking. I'm drinking a beer, so it's, it's all good. <laughs> no, I was, I was really sad on Sunday. I stayed away from social media, and I wrote blog posts, and and I whimpered, and I ate an entire pizza, which you, you guys know my eating pattern. That's that's pretty big, but <laughs> you know what? It, it is what it is, and there's always a reason for something, and it is what it is. So. Next year, 2016, Chris. There are better things there you next go. year. There you right, go. Right, right. So let's talk about the course a little bit. Um, yeah. let's first, logistics, the things that we all worry about. How about mm -hmm. hydration stations? What, were, what was that situation like? Um, it was great. They probably had them at the beginning spaced out every mm, two-ish miles, give or take, up until mile maybe 
10. And then, I mean, they were coming pretty fast at that point. I mean, it felt like at that point they were almost every mile, mile and a half for the whole what, second half of the race. They and water, they had, uh, so they had Gatorade and water at every station. Um, so they had it both sides of the, the, the course and they probably had each station ran for about maybe 150, 200 meters at least. Um, it still didn't stop, you know, those people that think that they have to grab the first cup of water uh, mm-hmm. or first cup of Gatorade sprinting in front of you. Um, but you get that at every race. Uh, so, yep, so that was the setup. They'd have the Gatorade first and the water second. Um, and then from nutrition-wise, uh, they had goo. Uh, I think they had three stops of goo after mile, maybe after mile nine or so. So they had one kind of around there, uh, maybe around like 15 or so and later. And then um, from mile like 21 to the finish, every two miles they had bananas as well. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, so it was definitely, you know, if you're dehydrating or not being nourished on this course, you're doing something wrong. Mm. No. Yeah. And, and then medical at all those two with porta potties and Vaseline. And I was going to get to porta potties because our biggest yes. fear is pooping. <laughs> yeah, no, the porta potty set up before the race was great. They had them kind of near the bag check area and near the actual start line areas. Um, and then they had, you know, a handful of porta potties at almost every aid stop. Uh, uh, and then at the aid stops too, I mean, the first half, not as much. They probably had about six or seven people staffed at those. Mm-hmm. Um, the second half of the race, they had, I mean, I want to say every aid station had close to like 15 to 20 people stationed mm-hmm. at them. It was, it was pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about the spectators, because I want to hear about the drag queens and Elvis impersonators. <laughs> I saw Elvis and I said, oh, crap, she's really going to hate missing this one. And <laughs> apparently for the Chicago theater, there are people doing jazz hands. And you all know I love jazz hands. So <laughs> tell us all about it, Chris. Yeah, so the from a spectator um, standpoint, I'd say if you've ever run um, a run Disney race at Walt Disney World, it in a number of areas and when i say a number probably you know upwards of half the course um it felt like you were running down main street that was the 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 number of people and how loud people were um on the course in different locations it was yeah it's pretty amazing from from kind of like right off the start you you run you go kind of under an overpass then you come out um and you're running underneath michigan ave but there's all the people kind of hanging over the bridge and screaming kind of up the stairs um, so the beginning is kind of in the downtown area, so you have a lot of people lining the roads. I mean, probably from mile one till, I don't know, maybe mile five, there probably wasn't an empty spot on the sidewalk for, for people yeah. uh, cheering, which was pretty awesome. Um, so that was great. And then you get into what I would say was the best part of the race. So once you get to around mile eight, um, you go through this area called Old Town, I think is what it's called. Um, which is kind of just a big party atmosphere. Tons of people there screaming, dancing. They had um, Army ROTC guys that were like twirling guns and doing you know different calls on the side of the road. They had people just ad hoc setting up bands on the side. So just normal people come out and they had their kind of drum kits and stuff set up. People with uh, different horns and trombones playing on the side of the road. Um, sound systems both from the actual race itself as well as just people with their own speaker systems set up uh, then when you go through Boys Town, that is where the, the drag queens uh, were set up on both sides, uh, four or five on each one, kind of singing and, and dancing and stuff, which was pretty pretty funny. I think I got a, a hey, honey, to me. At least I want to think that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it 
take uh, it. <laughs> there you go. Um, so that was great. And then uh, as you keep going, you kind of turn more south back into the city, and that's where there's an Elvis impersonator that's just always out there, you know, for the whole race, just kind of singing and dancing up on his stage. Uh, and so that that the crowds, I mean, there's nothing you can say. The, the, my one complaint would be, so the crowds then thin out for a little bit at uh, right at kind of the the halfway point uh, until you get to maybe mile 14, 15, and they kind of fill up again a little bit until you get to around mile 20. Uh, you go through then Greektown and Chinatown, which have people, but aside from that, until like mile 25, it's pretty empty. You're running through kind of the south side of Chicago, which isn't the best place in the world. Uh, so it doesn't surprise me there were, weren't tons of people around. And you're kind of along kind of a highway and stuff. So my my preference would be I wish they kind of actually ran the course backwards. Because also the, um, the, the last five or six miles are, there's That's no shade. You need it. Yeah, there, and there's also and there's also no shade at all. Mm. So it's the hottest it's the time of the day, day right. and it's the hottest point in the race. Um, Even and at there's 62 the, degrees oh, if it's sunny. Yeah, it felt it felt pretty pretty darn hot at that point, um, and and the crowds are very low until you kind of get to you know mile mile 25. I did I did grab a uh, a cup of PBR uh, along the way <laughs> just because I wanted because they were giving out around mile 23. People were cheering with beers or 22, so I. I grabbed one, immediately took a sip, realized it was PBR, spit it out, and threw it on the floor. But, <laughs> but you know, I wanted to, you know, get the get the cheer of people when you actually grab one of the beers. And it's all about the energy at that point. You have to. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so that would be my did kind they of have a, play. Did they have people giving out snacks or anything? Yeah, so there were some people kind of later in the race. They had, you know, the Twizzlers. They had, you know, um, oranges cut. Some people had different fruit, like strawberries. Um, people, you know, had pretzels and stuff. So there was kind of a nice mixture of just people off to the side, you know, if you want different snacks along the way. Considering how many runners they had to have had, that's, that's pretty... <laughs> that's pretty you gotta peel. You got to peel and cut a lot of oranges. Yeah. <laughs> that's a lot of prep work. That's a dedicated fan there. That's awesome. Yeah, so let's yes, talk about that, your experience going through the course. Um, because I, and I remember you saying that um, in your recap that um, your first half, you felt great. You felt like you were really flying. Uh, yep. The first about 20 miles, right? And then you kind of started having some difficulty. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah, so I uh, actually went out. So I wanted to go out for a 355 pace. Um, so I wanted to go out at like 157, give or take. Um, they had pace groups. So that I'm, I can get really bad with pacing myself, especially when there's a big crowd. Like I get really amped up and high-fiving people, and all of a sudden, you know, instead of running a nine-minute mile, I'm now running like an eight-minute mile, and then, you know, uh, you pay for that later. Mm -hmm. So I kind of told myself, okay, I'll run with a pace group, and then if I want to, you know, pick it up at some point, I will. They unfortunately didn't have a 355 pace group. They had a 350 or a four-hour pace group. So I was like, okay, let's conserve the energy. I'll run with the, the four-hour pace, pace group. In hindsight, I kind of wish I ran with the 350 because I may have had more in the bank for when I started to cramp up, but I may have cramped up sooner. So, you know, at this point, it, uh, I can, hindsight's 2020, so who the heck knows. But uh, yeah, so I ran with a four hour pace group. Um, they kept during the running portion around an 858 uh, pace, a nine minute pace, uh, because they were kind of allotting for time when you get to the, eight, the water stations that they know people would get sl slowed down. Uh, great guys, and yeah, I mean, the first half was great. We got through, ran the the first half in, I think, 159, 
and felt really comfortable. My wife saw me right at 12. She said, you look great. I saw one of my buddies at 14. He was saying, you're looking fantastic. And then I saw him again at 16. And then, um, so I, I had gotten into, so I mentioned earlier, I was carrying salt tablets with me because in some of my training runs earlier, I started getting cramps in my um, calves and in my quads after like 16, 17, 18 miles, like sometimes pretty bad. So I thought maybe I was losing a lot of salt so or sodium, so I started doing some of that. Um, so anyway, so I got past 16, I felt good. I got past 18, I'm like, okay, I'm over the hurdle, I'm feeling good. And then right around mile 20-ish, my quad started cramping up and I pushed through it for like another mile or so. Um, and that's when I was like, I need to kind of stretch this. So I stopped to stretch. The pace group had left at that point um, just because I, I couldn't kind of speed up to them anymore. And as soon as you kind of stop running, I think anyone that, that runs kind of knows as soon as you stop that motion, um, everything starts to tighten up and cramp. And my left leg just kind of between my calf and my quad and my hamstring just all kind of tightened up. And I, I probably screamed like a little girl. <laughs> So how did you how did you overcome that? What what were some of the things in your head? Because you still got quite a distance to go. Yeah, yeah. You're so you're, talk us through that a little bit. Um. So right. So it was right around like twenty one and a half. Um. It was kind of near. Uh, I think a water stop. So I stopped. I tried to stretch a little. I think I texted my wife. I'm I'm done. I'm cramping up. This is terrible. I think I debated crying for a second because I was kind of you know I felt so good. I think like physically. Um, and mentally, I thought I, I, you know, was on a good pace and probably could have turned it up a little. Uh, but she texted me back. She's like, you know, you don't have far to go, yada, yada. So after stretching a little, I Easy think I ate. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> I, think I, I think I ate probably, you know, four salt tabs at that point. I, just, I was like, I don't, I know I'm hydrated. Maybe it's a sodium thing. It could have just been probably a fatigue thing at the end of the day. But I ate a bunch of that, uh, stretched, walked a little, tried running a little. Um, that didn't work that well. And there was actually this other guy, um, that you could also tell was kind of struggling and stretching. And so it, it, I don't know what it was, but I kind of walked past him kind of cursing to myself and, and he went running past me and kind of tapped me on the shoulder and like, like gave me five and said, come on, you can push through this. And it kind of just gave me this other like boost of like, okay, you know, this guy seems to be hurting too. And so we actually ran together for like a mile or so. And then he kind of slowed down and I ended up pushing ahead and then kind of went to the the Galloway kind of interval type thing. So I ran for about four minutes, walked for a minute, ran for four minutes, walked for a minute. And I think I tried to just keep myself around a 10 minute mile pace at that point, 10, 10, 15, um, and was able to kind of push through. Uh, and, and at that point I knew the sub four hours was, was done. So I started doing some math in my head and I was like, okay, if I can push through with this, I can get sub four ten. So I kind of reassessed myself, said, okay, let me try and do that. Um, and kept looking at the, you know, time and math. And then, uh, like any terrible, somehow, I don't know, these sadistic race directors, the last, you turn this corner. So you get, you see the 800 meter marker and then you see a 500 meter and you turn this corner and it's an overpass that probably goes up 20 feet in about a 75 meter span. So <laughs> needless to say, you see people kind of make this turn onto this block and people just, like a running hard and then just kind of hit this wall. And it's just like, you just see everyone kind of slow down. So that was a little torturous because I was like, okay, 400 meters left. I know I could probably run this, you know, in, you know, in the pain that I'm in with under two minutes, 
needless to say, that did not work out. And I ended up, you know, being 100 meters out with 20 seconds left to, to get to four hours. And I was like, okay, I got to turn back to my high school sprint days and somehow figure this out. Um, but was able to get in there with, with my five seconds, five seconds to spare. And then I, um, there is kind of the race video there at the end. I look, I look as bad as I thought I did, <laughs> like stumbling over the finish line, just like miserable. Um, but, uh, you know, at the end of the day, I, I didn't get what I want to, but I was kind of happy that I didn't just kind of walk the, the rest of the race. Cause I probably could have done that and, and still been, you know, it, you know, still gotten a, a decent time, but you know, I kind of pushed myself a little more. So what was your final time? Uh, four oh nine fifty five. I'd say that's a decent awesome. time. I'd say that's it's more like, better than so fantastic. <laughs> Especially, I mean, this was really your first marathon, real. And again, not to disparage what we do at Disney, yeah. but this is your first real marathon since you went rogue and, and did it way back when. I mean, you said in college. Yeah. I mean, not, not. I'm not calling you old, but that that's a that's a pretty big well, gap, right? Old enough, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it's twelve years. Yeah, so. that's a huge time. So, yeah. kudos to you. So, man. well, thank you. Awesome. I appreciate it. Was uh. Yeah, it, it, I definitely recommend to anyone, like, the Disney races and stuff are fun, and I'm never going to give those up, but, you know, every now and then, sign up for something that you can be more kind of competitive in and really push yourself and see, you know, I, I think the the ability to, you know, not even the race itself, but the training portion of it to kind of give yourself, whether it's structure or force yourself to do something, I am not the most kind of structured person when it comes to stuff like that. I don't like planning out things. Um, you know, even when it came to school back in the day or with work, I'm kind of more of a, you know, uh, on the fly type person, but it's kind of, there, there is that, that payoff and whether you, you know, as I said, kind of in that post, you kind of meet your arbitrary goal that for some reason you set for yourself or not, you're, you're going to be happy. So. It's great. Outstanding. Awesome. I know yeah. we're running long, and this is probably going to be a three-parter or a four-parter by the time we're done, but um, <laughs> let's talk about the finish. So your yep. finish, what was that like? Uh, so the finish was great. The, so with all the crowds and everything that were out on the course, unfortunately the finish area is closed off, so unlike, and I keep going back to Boston just because I have the experience of going to the finish line there and seeing it, mm -hmm. but you can't get to the finish line if you're just a normal spectator. Right. You have to have like tickets or be friends with someone's cousin's brother's uncle or whatever um and so it was kind of it, it was good but it wasn't super loud at the finish but at that point i really wasn't even paying attention you kind of have tunnel vision um you know the one thing where i was saying you kind of make you go up this hill and then you make another turn and it's like 150 meters to the finish so they don't torture you that much with like seeing the finish line but still having like a quarter of a mile to run so that's that's at least nice of them but uh finish line area was was set up it was nice and wide um, people were, they were pretty good about getting people out of the way, whether they were just stopping to, you know, check their watches or, you know, falling over in pain or whatever it was. There was someone there to either escort them through or encourage them, you know, keep it moving, keep it moving. Um, so that, that was, that was great, uh, from, from that standpoint. Um, and then there is a long, long walk to get back to kind of the bag check area. So along the way, I mean, they have water right there when you finish. Um, then they had some fruit set up uh, for like apples and bananas and stuff. Then after that, they had the, the medals. So they kind of wanted to make sure that you were hydrated and you were starting to eat before you, you were worrying about getting your medals or anything like that. Um, they had the Mylar blankets for you after that as well. Uh, and then they kind of gave you your, your goodie bags, which had a few different things from uh, um, what it had those uh, Brookstone little goji chocolate things in there. It had uh, some pretzels, some goldfish, I think a power bar. 
Um, they had uh, like a Gatorade protein shake um, and a few other kind of small things. They had a like beef jerky. Not really sure what that was about. I did not did not do that. Um, and then also they had the Goose Island truck right in the middle set up so you can get your free beer right. at the end nice. of the race as well. I'm so doing nice. this race next year. <laughs> I know. I want to do it. Like I like getting excited yeah. about it. Yeah. How was the bling? It's, it's a great race. What's up? How was the bling? Because that's all we care about around here. That's why that's, we run these races. We've been waiting like all this time to hear about the bling. Where is the, bling is, the bling is pretty nice. Uh, I don't. Also that if you took it to, um, was it Fleet Feet, you could get it engraved for free? Yep, so they had uh, Fleet Feet had two locations. So I think they had their Old Town and South Shore one or wherever the heck South South Side, I don't know, location. Or there was a Nike Town also uh, on Michigan Ave where you could go to. Or there was another Nike store you could go to. Um, I went to some our hotel was right down the block from Nike Town. So went there just to see what it was like. The wait was like an hour and a half. And I was like, man... I'm all set with waiting that long to get an engraving of, of a medal. I can kind of get that done at home if right. I really want to. Uh, right. But I will say uh, the cool thing at the Nike Town was when you walked in after the race, like they knew that you were a runner, whether you had like your gear on or something like that. They had like just a bunch of employees like crowded around the door, like applauding for people oh. that were runners when they walked oh. in. So that was that was really cool, actually. It kind of felt like a celebrity. That's um, very so awesome. Like, yeah, they had like a DJ playing music and all this stuff in the Nike Nike store, so that was pretty neat. Yeah. Um, Good. That's so cool. Yeah, yeah. When, so when was registration? I mean, it was uh, Lotto, but like when when was that? March. Early. It was in March. So you entered the Lotto in March, and I think I think you had to enter the Lotto between February and March, and I think they told you by the middle of April. So there was kind of a, a if you entered the Lotto, um, and I think there is. Um, it's same. If you've run it before, you kind of get preference to get back into it. So it's kind of first-time runners to Chicago that have to go into the lotto. They just sent out a link, actually, where um, I think uh, for the lottery it starts November first. Really? This year. Yeah, yeah. It was. Okay. They were putting it on Team Shenanigans uh, group page there. So. Do you remember how much it cost? Uh, one eighty-five. Yeah. Uh, one eighty-five. Yeah. Um, and you have to give, you basically give your credit card, there's no charge for getting the lotto, unlike New York, where they keep your 10 bucks or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, and then if you get selected, they just charge you right then and there. So, Can you ret can you go in the lotto as a team like we did for Broad? Like, um, like I don't know if you know, for Broad Street, you could do like a team, whereas if you either all get in or you all don't. No, it's it's, it's every man for themselves or every woman for themselves. So um, I luck I'd be the only one in it. But I think I think it's pretty good. I, I mean, I have yet to hear of anyone. I you know between the few people in the liners running that did it, um, yeah. as well as I knew. A, I think I've known maybe eight or nine other people that have done it. And they've all, I have yet to hear of anyone that entered the lotto and didn't get it. Granted that, you know, mileage may vary. So um, don't take my word on it. But I hear it's something close to 75% of the people that enter the lotto get into it. Something in that area because it is, you know, close to 20,000 people from the, the lotto. Does it make so. you angry that Boston doesn't have a lottery yet? Um, you know, it kind of gives you that thing to strive for. I'm never going to get there. But it does give you that thing to, to strive for, you know. So... Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I like that it is charity driven. If you're not going to get in with the time, they raise a ton of money for for oh, Boston. Yeah. I know Chicago raised a good amount, but Boston just crushes it in the amount of money that they raise mm -hmm. for all those different charities. So I'm I'm okay with that. So was there any just to kind of finish up with the race itself? Yeah. Was there anything post race uh, 
festivities, anything worthwhile? Um, so they had, uh, so after you kind of got the, the, your gear, um, there was a family meeting area, which was also kind of just a big open. That was kind of a cluster. What I, what I don't understand is like how they had it set up. Like you walked through this one entryway and people were just basically jumping on where the runners would be to meet up with the person that they were looking for. I don't know who said the smartest meeting place for us would be, would be right when you walk out of the, this race area. But clearly someone <laughs> told someone, hey, meet me right when I walk out of there. But they had a bunch of, um, you know, last name letters. You can obviously say I'll meet you by anything, but they had A through Z. And you can say oh, I'll meet you by the Z tent or tower or whatever. So you can coordinate with your family that way. Um, and the area in general that is, is pretty big where this family spectator meeting area is. They had a big stage set up with a band going. Uh, they had food. They had Goose Island had a tent set up, like a beer tent, so you could buy some tickets beforehand and go over and get beers. Um, they had the massage uh, section set up if you wanted to you know, get massages for yourself. Um, so it was a nice big area. I mean, we hung out there for a little while, basically kind of just uh, eating a little and you know, just relaxing for a little bit. Um, and this is where you started. Again, it's not very shady over there, and it was it was really, really hot. And it was only 64, 65 at that point, but I swear it felt like it was 80 degrees at that point. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, so I think we hung around for... Uh, so I finished the race at 1230. The walk, I will say, it took me almost a half hour to 40 minutes to actually get to my wife, which was in the spectator meeting area. First, you're walking wow. slow, you're taking pictures, but... The walk from the finish line to that actual meeting area probably is three quarters of a mile to actually get there. Um, so I guess it's kind of a good thing they do make you you know, kind of keep walking and keep moving, which is the most important thing to do right when you, you finish mm -hmm. running that long. If you kind of sit down or, 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 or you know, stop moving yourself or start stretching immediately, it's not the smartest thing to do. You should kind of keep yourself slightly active. Um, so they make you do that by walking nearly a mile. Yeah. How were you feeling, like, with the with the cramping up at this point? Were you, like, hobbling, or did you get kind of a second wind? Um, I was okay. Well, I it was kind of just walking slow and gingerly. When I sat down uh, with my wife and I was eating a little, I started cramping up a little kind of in my feet, so I had to randomly jump up at points and do it. And when I went to sit down kind of on the floor, you know, I had to do, like, the, the oh-so-graceful just fall backwards onto the ground because I couldn't actually <laughs> bend my legs. Um, but, uh, but it was, it wasn't that bad, like stretched a little bit. Uh, I was really angry cause I forgot my stick at home. So I didn't bring that with me. Um, but I did kind of use like a water bottle in the hotel room when I got back to kind of roll myself out a little. Um, and then I actually went out and met up with a buddy and we watched some football, drank some beers and, and whatnot. So I kind of kept moving. What was your reward meal? Cause that's all I saw. <laughs> that was my next question. Where'd you go? Yeah. Um, so it was really that, that night we really didn't go out anywhere. I was super tired. So it was really just went to like a, when we met up with our friends, I just had some wings and stuff like that. And that was really about it. And I, I didn't do a great reward meal. I was just too tired and too out of it, to be honest with you. <laughs> I rewarded myself plenty the days before. Maybe, maybe that's why. I know. I saw I, your pictures. I was like, he's going to run a marathon. Well. This guy's boozing and drinking every time he has a chance. Uh, drinking beer, you're just carbo-loading, right? I mean, that's, that's the right thing to do. That's the one thing. Whenever you do races that are not at home, like I'm definitely a foodie and someone likes to eat and drink whenever I go anywhere traveling. So it's like... Well, my wife was on vacation, so I can't like not go out to these amazing restaurants and drink and eat. So, 
Bing pop. You're, do, you're taking one for the team. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> exactly. So would you do it again? Sure. Uh, yes, I think I would. Um, and I'm already kind nice. of, like I said, I, I want to I do another one just to try and get my sub four, and then I tell myself I'll stop doing the competitive, and then, of course, at that point, I'll set another arbitrary goal for myself and do that. But, um, yeah, I would definitely do this one again. Would it be next year? Maybe, maybe not. The year after, though, I guess next year is the 40th anniversary, so it might be some cool stuff or some even better bling or something. So we'll see once I get that email from them saying, hey, sign up to register. We'll see what we want. I know that my wife was very uh, jealous and was kind of having, you know, her her own kind of FOMO type thing going on and, and was was pissed during the the expo and everything that she wasn't running. So my guess is she'll she'll probably try and get in the lotto next year. Nice. And would you say as far right. as difficulty goes, because I'm obsessed with Boston qualifiers, that's gonna be my goal over the next few years to try to qualify. Is it a good course to try to qualify on? I would say yes with an asterisk. It definitely depends on the weather. So we lucked out this year and had great weather. This was the first time, I think, and they said, you know, 10 years that it was this good of weather. The past few years, I know last year we, during the race, it got almost to like mid-80s. Um, and oh, people gosh. were just, yeah, people were really, really struggling. Um, but, uh, you know, if you have kind of the the, the weather that, that we had here, I, I think it would really... Course-wise, definitely possible. Um, you know, people did a great job of self-seating themselves and, and kind of placing where they should be. Everyone that was around me running was generally, I wasn't passing a ton of people. There weren't a ton of people passing me. So people were pretty good about giving their estimated time and actually going to those corrals, um, which was nice, um, which I know a lot of people that do run Disney would say is one of their the biggest problems that they have, that people sometimes will, will be in corrals where maybe they ne necessarily shouldn't be or or whatnot, but uh, so that that's the good thing. So you won't get slowed down by that. I think the only problem you would have is if you get a bad weather uh, point. So, um, but yeah, that it, it definitely would be up there on a fast course, in my opinion. Very good. Any other questions before we try to wrap it up? Anything we're missing, Jack? What was your question really about salt tabs? Oh, how often do you take them? That's just a personal. I, I'm curious because I started taking cell tabs, and I just don't know when to take them. So, like, I know with uh, what race did we do? Disneyland half. I was every other because um, well, there was a lot of water steps. Every other one, I was taking I think one or two, but I don't know. I was just experimenting. Yeah, I mean, I was in the same boat. Clearly, whatever I did didn't necessarily help that much. Um, but um, what I was told to do by someone that has taken them before, they say every you know, 20 to 30 minutes, you should probably take two um, of them. So to, to kind of keep in it, you know, I think it would vary too based off of if you sweat more or less. I am a, a, a sweaty person uh, when I run. I am covered in, when I finish running, I have, you know, the white streaks all over me and stuff like that. Yeah. Yes, lovely. <laughs> I have it too. Um, yeah, so, uh, so I think, you know, it's it's kind of figuring out yourself, but it's definitely one of those things that, you need to make sure you know you do it consistently throughout the race, and not just when you start to feel like you might be cramping yeah. up, um, because then by that time. point, exactly by that point, it's too late. It's it's mm -hmm. the you know it's preemptive stuff rather than uh, reactive. So, did you find yourself with this race exploring? I mean, you mentioned salt tabs. You're not used to doing them. Anything else you're not used to doing in a race that you were, were exploring, or did you default back to you know what? I know myself. I know me. I'm not trying anything new this race. Um. 
I think that I I don't think I tried anything new or explored anything new kind of when it comes to that. Like I said, my one thing that I would have, I think I've done in other races, um, not clearly not this long, but I would kind of push myself more at the beginning. This one, I think I held back too much at the beginning and maybe it ended up costing me. I was kind of just worried that I'd run out of gas at the end. Um, so I held myself back more. Maybe if I had gone with my gut and trusted my training that I could have run, you know, when I, w I was training for, you know, like a 350. Um, so I should have kind of had confidence in myself and just went with that pace. And, and, you know, if I blew up, I blew up. But I got a little hesitant at the start line and said to myself, no, no, let me let me sit back the first half and then go from there. And then by that halfway point, it, it started being too late to, to start making up the ground. And I was too tired, so... And when did you fly home after? Like, so the race was Sunday, right? Yeah, so the race, so we got out there uh, Thursday later in the day uh, and then flew back Monday afternoon. Right? Did yeah. your legs hurt on the plane? I always found my, my legs really hurt when I take a plane ride the next day after I run. Um, they weren't great. I made sure to get up a few times. Luckily, it's not, it was only a two-hour flight back to Boston, so that was kind of nice. Um they were a little stiff, but I did get up, walk around uh, on the plane every now and then. Um, so that was okay. I fly, I, I'm a JetBlue loyalist, so there's always a little bit extra leg room on those planes uh, as well than, than some of the other ones. But uh, <laughs> but it, but it wasn't it wasn't as bad as I kind of anticipated. I think it was good. Like I said, the the day of the race and after I wasn't um, I wasn't being overly cautious about not moving around. Like I tried to keep walking, doing that. So. Really, by the next day, I the only pains were really kind of in my quads, like going up and down stairs or squatting at all, I guess. Yeah. Awesome. So, Chris, I just want to end by saying thank you so much for taking the time tonight to talk to us. Uh, you've been fantastic listening to your story. It's been awesome. Uh, but before you go, what we like to end the show with is what we like to call the sprint to the finish, where we answer a question uh, rapid fire style. And since you're our guest of the week, we're going to pepper you with the questions uh, from each Great. of us. So real quick, uh, my question would be, in Chicago, where was your favorite place to eat? Uh, Purple Pig. And where was that? Uh, so it's in the River North area. Uh, no reservations, uh, small plate, kind of not really Mediterranean influence, but they have a nice variety of everything from, you know, a giant uh, type turkey leg to bone marrow to Ooh. jowl to wow. whipped feta. It's it's pretty amazing yeah that's going on my list what was it again the purple one purple pig purple pig purple so pig. not for the vegans yep. no uh they had some stuff but they, you'll be missing out <laughs> jackie go all right my a real quick two-parter first of all did you have any blisters or lose any toenails or anything like that from the race any, uh, any stories you want to share before the race lost a toenail during training nothing during oh. the race though didn't so. bother you though uh no i lost it good enough in advance and it, it was from uh wearing the wrong shoes during long runs so part make two? sure make sure you got enough toe box room <laughs> uh, this part two is a personal question okay. and who would you choose for a football team the new england patriots or the buffalo bills being that you're a new york jets fan Oof. uh the bills <laughs> even with rex ryan coaching in all of your uh, your your jets rejects. So yeah, don't talk yeah. about it. Yes, a hundred a hundred percent. Who's next? Who's next? Thank you. <laughs> Robert, be quiet. Megan, what do you got? 
Um, anybody wear any type of costume themed? Uh, yeah, so some guy that he actually was running faster than me wearing a cow costume. Nice. That was pretty sad. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. It was utterly disappointing. Oh. oh. That's getting a standing At least he wasn't juggling. Gentlemen. <laughs> nice. We didn't even prep right. on that one. Chris, mine is multi-purpose. Going to be quick. Get ready to give grades. Uh, grade A through F, whatever. Okay. Runner communication. What would you give it? A. All right. Expo. A minus. Race organization and corrals. A plus. The course. B plus. The spectators. A. And the bling. A. It's mine now. <laughs> uh, so wait, wait. The bling before I ruined it for bling you. Bling before you ruined it. Yeah. Um, aside from it being that, like, the race itself, if I was just looking at the bling itself, probably B plus. Okay. Okay. Well, great. That is fantastic. I Chris, think that is definitely all the time. Oh, nope, you got real one? Quick. What is the next race you're training for? So we know when uh, we get you back. So I think that, and I was actually going to say this to, to you, Robert, I think I'm going to sign up for the Cambridge Half Marathon. Um, so it's in November uh, in Cambridge. Um, it's supposed to be a pretty fun race, and that's just some, something someone told me about recently, and it's right in the middle of the... This one. When is it? Do you know? Uh... Right in the middle of November, maybe the 17th. Um, I'll look it up and, and let you know the exact one. I'll let you know what yeah. do. So potentially that, if not uh, the Goofy in January. Awesome. We'll be there. Megan and I will be there for that. We'll be there. Well, thanks for having me, everyone. This was awesome. Thank you. This Thank you. Really this was great. Thank you so much, Chris, episode. for being here. Well, that will do it for our first episode of our Joyful Miles podcast. I want to thank Chris for uh, joining us this week and for sharing with us this experience in Chicago. And um, we're really looking forward to doing some more of these down the road, and hopefully as we keep doing them, we'll get a little bit better with them. Um, but if you're not familiar with us, please go to joyfulmiles.com. You can see all of our blog posts there. You can also link over to all of our social media pages. We're on Twitter. We're on Facebook, uh, YouTube. Please subscribe to our YouTube uh, channel. We've got a lot of great uh, videos, a lot of fun videos that we post up there. We do a weekly jamming on the run uh, chit chat form uh, kind of a condensed version of our podcast so lots of ways you can reach out plus send us your questions your comments we'd love to read them on the air uh, we'll give you a shout out for any of your joyful milestones uh, please be sure to post using the hashtag joyful milestone and we look forward to seeing you again real soon